Introduction Cuba is the Cinderella of the world, yet to realize its true worth. It's raggedy with a heart of gold, but at times glitters and has gold dust and rich carriages in the form of classic cars in bright colors. It is not a Western society. Expect the unexpected and it will happen. Batteries in the clockwork of time have stopped and it is like going back to the 1950s both in the cars, and in the shops. Cuba is the sort of place I am drawn to. Why? Because I think you can make a distinction between travelers and tourists, and I consider myself within the first group. I like to go to the places less visited. There is something about places that are just a little bit off the beaten track that gets the blood pumping and my heart racing with excitement and pure joy. I love cultures, I love people, and I love getting to know them. The people in the hostels I stay at are more than just the staff dash they are mothers, wives, husbands, fathers and grandmothers, and everyone has their story. I have been traveling for a long time, my passion for travel ignited by my first overseas trip to Scotland to catch up with family. Ever since, you will have found me somewhere different, and I have a long list of destinations planned. In fact, it is completely normal for me to be somewhere overseas and already planning my next trip. I have a penchant for traveling. Travel is my true passion, my love. My plan to travel to Cuba began to take shape in June of 2016, winter for us in New Zealand. After studying a master's degree in politics at Auckland University, anything political will catch my attention. I was already intending to be in the United States in time to witness the 2016 elections firsthand. I wouldn't call myself a fan of Fidel Castro, but there was something admirable about him, and his country. The idea popped into my head, take a side trip to Cuba. And so, I did. I would travel to Cuba from Miami, in the south of the United States, on the 28th of December and stay until the 18th of January. It was a short and sweet one-hour plane ride across coast and Caribbean, only six months after such flights had resumed directly from the U.S., thanks to the thaw in relations pursued by President Obama. I went to the Buena Vista Social Club in Havana, to Varadero Beach and to Cienfuegos on the south coast, after which I went to the Bay of Pigs, the site of the American CIA attack in 1961, to the old city of Trinidad to Cuba, to the historic city of Bayamo, to the Sierra Maestra mountain range where Fidel Castro's revolutionaries hid out in the 1950s, to Pico Turquino, the highest mountain in Cuba, and then on to Santiago de Cuba, the island's second city, to the Cuban part of Guantanamo, a district divided between Cuba and the USA, where America keeps its prison for alleged terrorists, to Baracoa, which has a strong Afro-Caribbean influence, and to the inland city of Camagüey. My start to the year 2017 would involve salsa dancing in the streets of Havana, trekking through the stunning jungles thick with heat and mosquitoes and riding in cramped buses along the coastline of Cuba. I figured three weeks would be plenty of time to see Cuba. I think anything over two weeks in a country really pushes everything into perspective, you are usually well past the honeymoon everything is awesome stage, and start seeing a place for what it really is. Cuba has always been of interest to me. I've heard other people describe it as laid-back, old-fashioned and hectic all at once. An island sitting amongst the rolling blue of the Caribbean, beautiful and complex, marked by history. And so, I had to go there. Though I saw a lot and did more research for this book when I got home, I feel I've only scratched the surface. One thing is for sure, I'll be back.